This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. On these Thursdays, we talk with uh, Mike Grimm. He's the voice of the Golden Golfers and the sports director at MNN. And Grimmer, before we talk about a nice Gopher football win last week in a huge game against Michigan coming up, I know you're a big baseball guy uh, like I am, and I'm glad the Twins advanced. Boy, that was the one narrative I was so sick of I could hardly stand it was all the consecutive losses by the Twins. Now we don't have to hear from that anymore, except for the national media who will continue to bring it up as long as the Twins are in the playoffs this year. It was awesome. I mean, you, you and I have talked about it. You know, you just get in the tournament. Like, people yeah. were spending much of the summer worrying about this and that and the bullpen, and no one – look, the bullpen still could blow up, I suppose, but I, I always thought this bullpen was – if it was utilized right, um, and in these kind of series, it's much easier – or series, it's much easier to, you know, to, to slot in guys where they should go, um, that this bullpen had some arms. And, man, did they show up for sure here in these two games. And also, uh, with all of that, with, with just kind of the frustration that Minnesota sports fans in all sports over yeah. the last however many years have felt, I was surprised because, um, as, you, as you know, I think, anyway, as you work in the media, you get a little more distant from the – from the really fanaticism of, of, of yeah. following a team. Like, of course, I, I want the Twins to win. I love when the Gophers win. But you, you do put up a little wall. One, just professionally, that, that that's probably what you should do. But two, you, you, it, just, it just naturally kind of occurs. And even some of my friends are like, aren't you excited? I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, man, Monday when that game ended and that streak ended, I was jacked. I mean, right. I, I was really pumped up. Yeah. Um, like they're like I, I didn't shed tears or anything, but I felt like there was a little lump coming in the throat. I yeah. was like, "This is pretty cool." And then when Duran struck out Varsho last night uh, with that heat to end it, um, I audibly gave a "Yeah," you know. Yeah. And I, I remember the last time I kind of did sitting on the couch, did that watching the game. So it's awesome. Yeah. I loved it. And now, as we say, they're in the tournament. Um, the Astros are good, obviously, the defending champions, but I don't think they're as good as they have been. I think it's a winnable series. Obviously, the Twins pitching's good, and Royce Lewis uh, has, uh, you know, I mean, almost single-handedly, although he had a bunch of help from his friend Carlos Correa and the pitching staff, um, but Lewis getting them off to that start on Tuesday was huge. And getting two days off then, not having to play another yeah. game today because clearly he's diminished with that hamstring. And, and uh, you know, it was station to station for him. He still wound up scoring the first run of the game uh, after drawing that walk. So so that was fun to see. Uh, I, I have to get your reaction to the Toronto manager yanking Jose Barrios with one uh, batter faced in the fourth inning last night when he was so good. I had to look. I had to look twice to see if that's really what was happening. I'm like, no, he's got to be going in to change gloves or something. Because yeah. I was, I was watching, and 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 I, I mean, I was paying attention, but I had some other things going on at that point. I was doing a little prep work for the Gopher football game this weekend, mm-hmm. and so I had to double take. I'm like, they're not, they must just, you know, sometimes that happens. It's like, oh, the glove's broken or whatever. He must be going in to get a new glove because it never entered my mind that you yank because he was pitching well. I get it. He was in a bases loaded situation. Um, I couldn't believe it. I also don't think it was the greatest thing ever that, that the Twins decided to pinch hit at that point because then you lose Walner yeah. for the rest of the game. Yeah. 
And that's a kid. And look, in the postseason, I don't care what you say. You need a guy late in the game that on one swing can hit the ball over the fence. Yep. Um, and so I, I wasn't real thrilled with that, although Solano's a pretty good player. They brought in Castro, who's a switch hitter, so that's a little less um, of a problem. But I thought that was maybe early. But who am I to say the Twins won it? Yep. Um, but I was I was pretty well stunned. Um, it, it's this new age stuff, and I, I am in favor of analytics. I really am, but I, I, I am not in favor of how some teams have chosen to, what data they've picked to use and what data they've chosen to discard. Yeah. Because you can't tell me that if you put in certain data that, um, that there's just no way that, that the starting pitcher you're paying, whatever it is, $80 million to, um, should be yanked for a left-handed guy in the fourth inning that's just a guy. You know, yep. Yep. it just was weird to me. Um, and, and look, starters are going to give up runs. Um, we'll see how Rocco handles it the first time. I suppose Joe Ryan's starting Saturday. I haven't yeah. heard. Um, and, you know, if he gives up a couple runs early, how quick is the trigger? Probably more so in the postseason. But, yeah, uh, to answer the question, I, I, I was so surprised. I thought it had to be just casually paying attention at that point of the game. Like he was going in to you know change gloves or switch a shirt or something, and it's like yeah. they're taking him out. Wow, yeah. that's a favor to the Twins. It was you, know, you and I have talked about it forever. Or this third time through the order nonsense that the Twins uh, you, were going through last year, yep. um, and the nonsense behind that particular analytic that um, you know every team in the history of baseball has tried to get to the bullpen, like uh, as an offense, like we want to chase the starter. And on a nightly basis last year, the Twins just did it for you. Yep. You didn't even have to score runs. And um, and the, the Blue Jays did the Twins a favor last night by getting to the bullpen in that fourth inning. And really, the Twins didn't do much other than that, obviously. They yeah. scored just the two runs. It could have been worse. They, uh, they hit into a double play. Um, and, and, you know, you can't – I mean, Castro, I mean, he's one of the faster guys in the league. And so it was just one of those deals. You figured he would not be a double play candidate, but he hit it right at the guy and – Yep. Got to run in, and that's all they needed. It was fun. It was yep. fun. That's right. So Saturday uh, for the Twins. All right, let's talk Gopher football. Uh, a nice win for them against Louisiana. You know what? They had a real representative ball club. You know, you see University of Louisiana. It used to be Louisiana Lafayette, wasn't it? Yes. And, and you know, you think, well, it, you know, uh, but, they, but they had a representative team. They had a lot of athletes on the field. That Sunbelt League is a little underrated. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's the league with Coastal Carolina, who has made some noise in recent years. Louisiana, you know, they beat Iowa State. The year Iowa State went to the Fiesta Bowl, they had two losses. One of those losses was to Louisiana. That was the COVID year. Um, the other teams in that league that are really good, I think James Madison beat Virginia earlier this year. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, somebody out of that league, Marshall, I think, might be in that league. They beat. Virginia Tech maybe last last week yep. or two weeks ago. Um, so, that, that, you know, it's kind of one of those South Alabama's traditionally pretty good out of that league. Um, uh, App State, Appalachian State almost beat North Carolina. Remember that went to overtime the week yep. before Minnesota yep. played them. So it, it's one of those sneaky leagues where you're right, they get a lot of athletes, they get some guys um, on the roster that maybe get overlooked or transferred down because they're buried on a depth chart, but they can play. Um like I mean, just talking with some of the Gopher coaches, they were like, um, you know, there's there's guys, many many guys on that roster that would play on Big Ten teams. So it was a, that's a scary game for a coach. I you know that it's um, it's the one where everyone figures you should roll. And even as it turned out, the Gophers won by eleven. They were favored by eleven, and people um, were like, "Oof, man, they only got by 
They only got by. Uh, I even saw some Michigan friends that I follow uh, tweeting out like, "Well, we're going to kill them. They only beat Louisiana by 11. It, they could kill Minnesota either way. Whether that game was not, but um, Louisiana was pretty good, and and they still might be the fourth or fifth best team in that league. That's just kind of how that league is. On the right day, um, they can they can knock teams off. So uh, the second half was a great half of football for Minnesota. They, yeah. they they stepped it up on both sides, and and eventually that talent discrepancy did. Um, did take over. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what that quarterback, how the rest of his year goes now that there's some film out on him. Uh, he's super talented. He's got a great arm. He's fast. Um, Zeon uh, Chris was his name. Yep. And if he, if he keeps playing this way, there's, an, uh, there's a chance he won't be at Louisiana next year because there'll be some Power 5 team with a nice NIL uh, war chest that'll come in and snag him because yeah. he was really good. You know, and I feel bad about that. I mean, these teams are going to continue to get poached. They're going to uh, develop guys for two years, and then somebody's going to come in and buy them away. I don't, you know, the NIL is certainly going to hurt the smaller conferences more than the big. Yeah, I I think it'll be a two-way street a little bit, too, because I think those schools will benefit, too, from guys that are good but not great on, say, SEC rosters, where Louisiana is going to get some trickle-down from that. But their really good players are going to trickle up. And Minnesota could be in the middle of that because they don't have comparatively, like if you're, look, uh, you know, people say, hey, P.J. Fleck and the Gophers, go beat Ohio State or go beat Michigan this weekend or go take on Penn State. We expect you to do that. Uh, well, they don't have a representative NIL compared to those teams. So um, there's, there's you know, a chance that, that we talked about it last week, you know, that, that the, the NIL, the portal I think generally – uh, before the NIL uh, helped Minnesota, it was a more net positive than a net negative. The Gophers, everyone was losing players. Everyone yeah. loses their mind when the, you know someone leaves. But the NIL could become a factor because it's just become more and more accepted that, that um, well, this is how we do it. Utah, did you see the Utah story mm. yesterday? Utah um, has struck a deal, their collective has struck a deal with a local Dodge dealership, and all 85 players on the Utah team as long as they are in school, eligible, and on scholarship, they will all the, the the collective will pay for a lease for a big Dodge Ram pickup. So oh, there's wow. eighty five there's eighty five Dodge Ram pickups now in the in the um, parking lot of the Utah football complex. I don't know how they're going to keep them all straight. Like, is that mine or yours? I don't right, know. Right. But um, but that that I, and I want to say I think it said that that was at a cost of about four hundred thousand dollars a year to to lease those eighty five. Uh, Dodge high-end trucks that were also geared. They, they got Utah football logos on them and some other stuff. And so that's what um, you know. Is there a dealership in Minnesota that's gonna that's gonna step up? Because if you're recruiting a kid from, say, I don't know, let's make it up from Denver, who's got Utah, Minnesota, and Nebraska as his final three, he may go where he's got a pickup truck to drive for four years and a real fancy one at that. So yeah. those are the things that the Gophers will be up against. Ah, that's for sure, and and, and uh, let's talk uh, specifically about the game again. I kind of got us off the track a little bit here, but uh, you know the Gophers are are down a running back, and yet they continue to run the football well with 200 yards on the ground. Yeah, they they, they did more uh, lining up under center than I have seen in the PJ Fleck era. I, I don't know what the percentages are. Um, you know, Daniel House, who does really good stuff on his the web page, Gopher Guru. I suppose he may have that breakdown, but it, it seemed to me just anecdotally as watching, they just decided, you know what, in this second half, we're going to wear them out. And they got under center, and they just rammed the ball, and it worked. 
And um, four straight week, they had freshman of the week in the Big Ten. This time it was Zach Evans, who we hadn't seen all season. Um, he came in and rushed for 85 yards, uh, first touchdown of the season as well. That was enough to get him player of the week, um, which is great. I, there just must not be a lot of freshmen contributing. I don't want to take away from his from his efforts, but in the Big Ten, there just must not be a lot of freshmen because um, I think the I was told that the guy who finished second in the freshman of the week was Maverick Baranowski, the linebacker from Minnesota. I don't remember what his numbers were, but he had you know tackles and you yeah. know, everything else. So um, the Gophers have some exciting news that way, and that they've now had the freshman of the week four straight weeks. Um, and again, those guys you hope you hold on to. But yeah, that running game worked. Um, now, uh, what's going to happen Saturday? Michigan allows 85 yards rushing per game and six six. Not even a full touchdown and an extra point. Six points a game. That's oh what they've allowed on average this year. They've not given up more than they've not given up a double-digit game yet. Um, and so the Gophers will have their work cut out for them. They're a nineteen and a half point underdog Saturday night at home. And and uh, you know it, it continues to be. We we saw the ball in the air quite a bit in a game earlier this year, but now it's more of a PJ Fleck offense with fifty-one rushing plays and only fourteen passing plays. Maybe the flow of the game dictated that a little bit this past Saturday too. But do you think they'll need a little more balance against Michigan? I think it's going to be really interesting uh, to answer your question. Yes, mm-hmm. um, I do think that, and I think it'll be interesting to see what P.J. Fleck and the coaching staff chooses as an approach. Because mm-hmm. on one side of me, I really can see those guys saying, boy, we cannot make a mistake against these guys. we got to play the perfect game. And and to me, that kind of plays into Michigan's hands because if you're going to get worried about making plays and not take risks, well, that defense is so talented, you know, they're, they're, they're going to smother you. Um, where on the other side is we're a 19.5-point underdog, we're going to have to take some risks, maybe go for it on fourth down, run a fake punt, you know, run a double, reverse, wide, flea flicker, pass to the, you know, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm yeah, just right. making stuff up. But yep. do some of that stuff to try to steal some points, steal some possessions, take some time of possession, keep their offense off the field, all that stuff. But when you do that, you guess what? Mistakes oftentimes follow. So I think it'll be an interesting uh, scenario to see how it unfolds. And to me, this is my theory on the on the game. The Gophers needed um, look. There's no doubt. I mean, no one's going to argue. The most ardent Gopher fan, PJ Fleck, would argue this. That there's no doubt. Michigan's the more talented team. They're supposed to win this game. They're ranked second. They've recruited at such a high level in the last four years. It's crazy. Um, I think they have uh, five straight top five recruiting classes, and a couple of those were ranked second in the country. Um, J.J. McCarthy was in the same graduating class as Ethan Kelly McManus. Both of those kids were from Illinois, so there's a cool little storyline there. Um, uh, Karen, or, uh, McCarthy, however, finished his year, his senior year at uh, IMG Academy, so Ethan uh, won Gatorade Player of the Year in Illinois that year. Uh, not that he would have not have had McCarthy stuck around, but um, McCarthy was, was a tick higher rated. And uh, he went to Michigan, and Ethan came to Minnesota. So there's a cool storyline there. But my point is, I th- if you look at the Michigan games, they've all turned into blowouts. But they all, almost all of them, even early, uh, you know, Bowling Green in Week Two, and I forget who their Week One opponent was, right off the top of my head. Um, uh, I think it was uh, East Carolina um, or West. Yeah, I think it was one of the Carolinas, not Coastal, but. Uh, which one's the Pirates? East Carolina, I think. Yep, that's it. Um, yep. They, those games were all close in the third quarter. At halftime, they were they were single digit kind of games. And then, um, like in Bowling, the Bowling Green case, at halftime, Bowling Green uh, trailed thirteen to seven, and um, 
no, I'm sorry, 13 to 6. And then Michigan came out of halftime and scored 17 points in about five minutes. So I think if you're the Gophers, you have to look at that with some encouragement and say, look, if we can keep it close, uh, you know, single digits um, into the third quarter and then make a play and get to the fourth quarter, um, you got a shot. I think that's got to be the goal. I mean, there's nobody that would, I think, say, oh, let's just go out and run them out of the off the field. You can't do that. Right. They're too good. But if you catch them on a day where they're sleepwalking a little bit, they've seen the press clippings, they seen Minnesota lose to Northwestern, they might say, look, I mean, geez, this will be a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you get them on the ropes if they're not mentally prepared for that and, and they want to be a playoff team, who knows how they respond to that. So to me, that's what you got to do. you got to do what some of the others have done. Rutgers, it was a single-digit game in the third quarter, and then Michigan just pulled away. So keep it close, see if you can put some pressure on them, see if you can force them into a mistake and then see if he can't pull off some sort of a miracle and win the game. Yeah, and and that's that would be the the perfect recipe if they can do that and you know win the turnover battle. I don't know how easy that'll be against Michigan and it's it's a football cliche you win the turnover battle generally you win the game, but it becomes a cliche because it's so true. So if they can yeah. get their young QB Kaliak Manis to you know make some key passes, pick up some third downs, use his legs, he showed an ability to do that. A uh, big game for him obviously. Yeah, and, and McCarthy has thrown five interceptions in five games, so yeah. he'll throw it to the other team. And, you know, and maybe Newman gets his hands on a ball, or, you know, if they punch it out from somebody, they can yeah, get a fumble. The other thing is the, the Gophers have not been great on special teams, um, and they're going to have to be if they want to win the game. They can't afford to give up, uh, you know, yards and uh, short punts and, you know, uh, long returns and all that stuff. Um, Got to make your field goals when you can, and they've been really good at that with Jergon Kessich. He's 9 for 10. In fact, the only miss was that 54-yarder on opening night when the holder bobbled the snap, and he still almost made it from 54. So they've been good in that, so you got to make those. You get to the red zone, touchdowns instead of field goals, all the, all as you say, the cliches, yep. and, and maybe make a play yourself. They blocked a punt, did the Gophers against Eastern Michigan, maybe – and, and they blocked a punt against Michigan, if you remember that opening night of COVID. That was in October. The season got delayed. Mm-hmm. No fans. They blocked a punt on the first possession um, against Michigan. And everyone thought, oh, man, here we go, because that was coming off that 2019 season. And then Michigan pretty well took over the game. Um, and, you know, I don't follow Michigan weekly, you know, diving in. Yeah. Um, but preparing for that game yesterday, the star defensively of that game in 2020, Michael Barrett, I was shocked as I'm filling out my boards that he's still on that team. Oh my gosh! Um, so, and they have several guys on that team, and they have two transfer from Stanford who are in their sixth year, starting on the offensive line, and they've got a receiver from Arizona State. And I mean, they have really—they just have a lot of talent. And yeah. so the Gophers, yeah, I mean, uh, is it impossible? No, it's not. But um, they're gonna—you know—they're gonna need some things to go their way. Um, you got to hope Michigan sleepwalks a little, and the Gophers are on edge, and Ethan Kelly McManus is sharp, yep. and um, you know maybe there's a scene that Zach Evans finds, and he you know houses a 60-yard touchdown, and you get some points that way, and um, who knows? Yep. Uh, you know maybe maybe Royce Lewis's home run in the first inning on Tuesday turned all of our fortunes around for everybody, yeah. <laughs> and think of the weekend it could be. I mean, think of the weekend it I could know. be. I know. The, the, the Super Bowl champs. Out, yep. You know. Get, Knock them off. Let's knock off number two Michigan Saturday night. Let's get a two zero series lead down in Houston. Yeah. And um, if that happens, then we all owe uh, Royce Lewis um, a big <laughs> tip of the cap. That's right, Grimmer. Thanks so much. <laughs> Have a great call. We'll be tuned in. 
Always enjoy it, Todd. Thank you. Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers. Pre-game coverage on Saturday at 4.30. Kickoff at 6.30 at Huntington Bank Stadium against Michigan. The Todd and Friends podcast is brought to you by uh, Heritage Bank. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.